Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, two-time defending champion from the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. Ed, how's it going, bud? We're 0-1. Not two-time defending anything anymore. <laughs> I, was, I, I wanted to just keep using that until you would finally ask you, like, why, why are you calling me that all the time? You're the only person that cares about the things that happened already. Oh, alright. Didn't know I invited Phil. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, joining from the teabaggers, looking to teabag the desert dogs this week, we have Shane. How's it going, buddy? One time defending week one points leader. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's great, to be, great to be here, Matt. Yeah. Excited to be back on the pod for my debut this year in uh, 2021 version of uh, Softle. Podcast. We are happy to have you. Um, I know that you've been working on the golf game and things are more important than the podcast, but we're happy that you made uh, room for us little people tonight. Yeah. No problem. You feel uh, any different now that you're 34? No. No. Just okay. back, back still hurts. Uh, that's about it. All right. Well, uh, I want to give a shout out to, I know I gave, last week gave a shout out to the Sure family. Uh, this week, shout out to the Butler family. Welcomed Miles Butler into the world uh, yesterday. I know Kevin was very happy that he didn't have the same birthday as Shane. Came a day later than he was supposed to. Um, but despite him not being in the league anymore, we all still love Kev. So congrats to him and Sav. And you know, I wish Shane an early happy birthday last week. I missed Jason's birthday, which was Saturday. So. Happy birthday to him. A lot going on in the league. But let's start off with the return of trivia. It's been a while. It has. Um, I think once I heard I was going to be on with Ed tonight, I knew how much he loves trivia, so I had to get something together. Um, you got to get back to riveting radio. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start you guys off. With, I feel like it's a pretty easy one, and I will start off slow this year. Step away from uh, the, the top 12 quarterbacks. We'll get to that later in the year. Um, but you, you, you posed a, a question earlier today, Cause, and it struck me a little bit, just gave me an idea. So went and did some research. This past week, week one of the NFL, there were nine former Heisman Trophy winners that played in an NFL game. Six of them won the game that they played in. I'm looking for the six guys that won in week one of the NFL and were a former Heisman Trophy winner. Okay. Jameis Winston. I'll see myself. Yeah. Jameis Winston is correct. Jameis Winston was the Heisman winner in 2013. His first dub. Saints. Actually, I don't know if that was his first one, but I don't know if he won a game at the start of last year or not. I don't think. I don't think he started any games last year. I don't think he did. I will go with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was a Heisman Trophy winner in 09. Won a game with the Houston Texans. I don't I literally don't remember who wins Heisman. No historian over here. Well, I think I know the losers. The Patriots did not win, right? They lost. 
That is the correct. I don't have them as a Heisman winner though. The losers uh, were the losers were Lamar, Derrick Henry, and Baker. Devontae Smith and the Eagles won. I was thinking that fucking Mac Jones won it. See, that's how bad I am. I came number last year. <laughs> Devontae Smith did win the Heisman last year and won with the Eagles this past weekend. You guys literally think I'm kidding when I say I can't remember what I did this morning. It's, it's a real thing. <laughs> There's a whole lot of CBD going on. Uh, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a good one. That is correct, cause Joe Burrow was the 2019 Heisman winner. Baker's a loser. Yeah, Baker, Henry, and Lamar are the losers. That's correct, correct, and correct. So we got two left. Two left. And also, when I was doing this, made me realize that other than Ben, the other three quarterbacks in the AFC North are all Heisman winners. Yeah, yeah that's, that's well known. Apparently, I'm, 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 I'm slow on the time. <laughs> there was a that went around. Yeah. His big burly beard and the 600 pounds during quarantine, it was all of them with their high speed speech, and then him as a big fat caveman. Um, oh, I know one. Well, you gotta go. Apparently, to keep the people on the edge of their seats. Well. <laughs> Uh, there's two left, and the guy's conceding here, cause so whatever you got, let's hear. It. Well, I started to think about Oklahoma quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray is a Heisman winner. That's correct. Kyler Murray was the 2018 winner. Had a pretty big week one there. Um, the last one was kind of the uh, the hardest one, obviously. Um, little little tricky. Did not start the game, but did get in and played. That would be Mr. Marcus Mariota. That is correct. The 2014 Heisman winner. I think he played it. I don't even... I know one snap he had a good run there in the, in the beginning. I don't know how much he played after that, if he did it all, but... Um, I think that was it. I think that was his That was his evening. Yep, so that was uh, that was the tricky tricky answer. But yeah, um, and then a quick follow-up, and then we'll get going on the show. So those... So Mark Ingram was in 09, so there were nine out of the last 12 seasons of Heisman winners still playing in the NFL. Can you name the three guys that did not play in week one that won a Heisman in the past 12 years? RG Nee. That is correct. 2011 Heisman winner. What year was the other... What year was Trent Richardson? Is that in the last 12 years? Yeah. It was not in the last 12 oh, years. Wow. And he also, I don't think he won the Heisman. He did. He did. We have this yeah, argument yeah, every did. year. Yes, he did. Yes, he <laughs> We have this argument every year. year. If I could recall that, then it's right. <laughs> uh, Other ones that are not. I don't uh, think he did, actually. I don't think Richardson won the Heisman. You sure? I feel like he was like, he finished second or third. Really? Yeah. Oh, Heisman Richardson doesn't get the credit he deserves. Who else are we talking about here? Oh, Scam Newton. Scam Newton did not play in week one. He was the 2010 Heisman winner. You're right. I think he was second to RG3, actually. 
who is the other one? Andrew Luck? Did he win the Heisman? He did not. Oh. I think he the same year as those other two. I think he was like behind them. Oh yeah, he would have been RG3, you're right. Let's just say that this uh, this guy would have probably broke the bank in NILs if he were, if that was around when he oh. was in college. Money, Man- Money Manziel. Money Manziel was the 2012 Heisman winner. Good one. Yeah, I right, I watched the, out of the way for this year. I watched Eli's places and they talked about the Heisman and I think it's a joke of an award, but Shane loves Heisman history, <laughs> so I had to text him. Um, I agree just, with the joke part, but I do I do love the Heisman history. Comical when they were talking about the two thousand three Heisman and you have two Hall of Famers, Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald and Jason White is the Heisman winner. <laughs> and then I had to look to see who the fourth guy was. Because uh, they didn't talk about him at all in the episode. And he ended up actually being one of my all-time favorite running backs in college. His name was Chris Perry from Michigan. Nice. Yeah, I remember him. I was, uh, just before, I don't want to delay this anymore, but then I looked at, when I sent you Troy Smith as well as Jason White, you know, finished 10th in the Heisman race the year Troy Smith won it was Calvin Johnson. <laughs> well, just a... a Relation to Calvin Johnson, uh, Eddie and I were on Madden last night, and we were talking about, uh, we were watching some breaks or whatever, and Darren Waller also went to Georgia Tech, which none of us knew, but it just, Georgia Tech loves to get receiving physical freaks and then running the triple (laughs) option. All right, well, we had a, we had an eventful waiver wire this week, um, Elijah Mitchell was the prized target. Um, I had a $59 bid on him to take him. Phil was second, 52. Bunch in the 20 to 30 range. Um, and then we had Kenneth Gamel for $9. Sterling Shepard for 7 uh, I got Gronk for 6 Christian Kirk for 4 A bunch of other guys. But um, I guess I'll... Ask for your guys' opinions on Mitchell, obviously. I'm I'm interested in him, and he makes my team better right now. But there's obviously some risk involved there. I think you both had bids in on him. Uh, Shane did not, but it's probably just because he didn't. He knew it was a bid that he I wouldn't did. get. I did have a bid in on my bid 31, and then I, I took it off. I had to activate Sermon off my out of my IR and then I was like you know what I'm not going to have enough money to get this bid so I just was like I don't have anyone that I really want to drop so I just took it off Eddie went the full hundo for him in his league um, what are your guys thoughts on Mitchell <sighs> he looked good he looked good but I mean I feel like you throw just about anyone in there some days and it looks, you look good in the Niners backfield like, but they're always just running through gaping holes and it's, and makes just, just about everyone look like they're a freak. I mean, Matt Breida looked like he was an absolute stud there. I mean, not that he's not a good football player, but he looked like he was incredible at times. Um, Tevin Coleman looked like he was great. So, I mean, I, I don't know. that I think it's more the, the scheme and having a good offensive line, but he certainly looked good for week one, and I, I thought it was a no-brainer pickup for you. I feel, felt like you had to do it. Um you need, you need the running back help and can't really afford to go 0-2 here. So 
I try to win week two. Yeah. Uh, the not the new Patriots for running backs. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think you can be excited about any of them any given week, but you can get excited about any of them any given week. Uh, there's gonna be a Jeff Wilson week sometime. I think he's hurt right now, but there'll be a Jeff Wilson week where he plunges three in. There's gonna be a weird Jamichael Hasty week. There's gonna be Elijah Mitchell weeks, and we know that Sermon's gonna be a guy. So it's gonna, it's just weird. Um, I don't, I don't know how long he holds off Trey Sermon. Like I, I don't know how that's a real thing, but he outperformed him by that far. That he was a healthy scratch. I don't know. I don't know how uh, honest Shanahan is with the media. There could have been something else there that he didn't lead on. I don't know, but he had to do it. It's just nothing you can really be fully excited about. Maybe for a week or two, but then. I think he's going to disappear quickly. Yeah, I'm honestly just hoping he can get me through a couple weeks here. Maybe Ronald Jones figures it out or uh, Damian Harris goes down and Ramondre Stevenson becomes a guy. I just needed to, as Shane said, tread water for a couple weeks here. And, uh, you know, I think he makes me better in the short term. And that was that was very, very important. So that's why I went what I did. And I was happy, you know. Only only wasted seven or six dollars, I guess, to be able to get him, which I think is acceptable. I'm glad I had the right number on him because I had started off the morning with a fifty one dollar bid, which would have been one dollar short. So, um, happy to have him. All right, let's get into the week two matchups. We'll start off with the Weevils versus the Park. Uh, Park sitting at one and zero. Weevils at zero and one. Start off with the Weevil squad. Michael Pittman was a guy that was expected to break out this year. It didn't happen in week one. Do we have any concerns about him and the Colts passing game moving forward? Did see a little bit of that game on red zone. Seems like every time they showed it, the Seahawks had the ball and Tyler Lockett was running free. Um, but what I did see, I was not happy with what Carson Wentz looked like. Yeah, um, Colts are banged up right now, so I'm, I'm a little worried, especially early in the season here. And, I mean, Carson Wentz is clearly shown to be not the guy that you want back there if your offensive line is not in tip-top shape. Um, I don't know what happened to this guy, but ever since the like the knee injury, um, this just looks looks squeamish back there for me. I'll put it that way. He just looks, looks scared. Um, not the same guy that we saw in the first two seasons of his career, whatever it was. Um, yeah, a little, little, wor- little worried about the whole the Colts as a whole, especially early in the season with, uh, with Nelson out. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel the same full-blown concerns I do uh, that Shane does. Um, we, were just, we were just wrong. I mean, Wentz was 25 for 38. It wasn't exciting, but, but we were just wrong. It's, it's Zach Pascal. We were allowed to say we were wrong. It's not Michael Pittman is not the number one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not not that can't change, but I mean Pascal's been around for a long time. Maybe Pittman didn't make the leap that everyone thought he would. Um, it just seems like it's kind of it's, it's Zach Pascal, and that's fine. Um, they need to get better, obviously. Um, but I just I think Pascal's kind of the dude right now. Maybe Pittman needs to come on in the middle of the year. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, Pascal was a name that no one talked about, and 
as soon as T.Y. Hilton went down, we probably should have all at least thought about him. He's shown in the past that he can be productive. Definitely has the trust of this coaching staff. He's been he's been pretty good. And um, one thing we know about Wentz is he does like to lock into a target, and Pascal has been a red zone target in the past. So um, you might be spot on with that. It's not something that I really even considered until you just said it there. But we might just be wrong about the pecking order. So. He's just, he's not sexy. When T.Y. went down, it was immediately, oh, is this, is this where Paris Campbell comes right. on? Like, everyone, the guy that's never done anything to come on and hit many Campbell. But Pascal's kind of been there, like you said. He's, he's, he's been a red zone dog for a couple of years now. And I feel like, at the, I mean, it was last year at the end of the year where Pascal was a very viable, like, flex play in the last month of the season, right? Yeah. It felt like he would hit touchdowns, like, every week. But I could be wrong on that. But it felt like he was... Catching a lot of touchdowns. I think Fegley was running a lot of burning Fandle at the end of the year last year. Yeah, and Fegley was running him out there, I want to say, in our league, and he was doing some things. So, yeah. Fegley could use some guys to do some things uh, right now. Let's go over to the park. Uh, I want to talk about Dak. Um, He was incredible Thursday night. I thought he played really well. It was. Uh, Really impressed by the way he looked coming on and off. Not only the leg injury from last year, but the shoulder injury during uh, training camp. And he's got what I think might be a tough matchup this week at the Chargers. We saw Brandon Staley last year for the Rams as their DC scheme up some great game plans against quarterbacks. The Rams were the number one defense last year. Do you guys think... Uh, you guys think Dak has a good game again this week, or is it maybe let's pump the brakes a little bit just for this week? Yeah, I think he's gonna. I mean, he looked great last week. I, I was I was thoroughly impressed. I was watching that. and I was like, man, this guy looks even better than he did before he got hurt. He looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league easily. Um, I think he's going to have a decent week. Obviously, not as good as last week, but I think it's going to be more of a sloppy game against the Chargers this week. Um, easy to say in any Cowboys game that's going to be sloppy, but I think it's going to be more of a, a mid-range where it's like a 27, 24, 24, 20, somewhere in that range. It's not gonna, I don't think it's the, either team's going to get to 30, so pump the brakes a little, but still should be at least a 300 25 yards, two touchdowns, which is which is going to be plenty. I browsed the podcast agenda sheet, and I made it to this question quickly because it was on the top, and I really liked it because I think that I never really thought about it, but there's a lot of comparisons between the two defenses. Like, they got Bosa up front. His win rate, I saw something in week one was like a stupid number. Um, you could compare him to Donald with an elite pass rusher up there. And then, you know, Derwin James in the back can kind of be your Jalen Ramsey and do a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of similarity between these. I bet you he will have a lot of really good game plans. I'm really high on the Chargers defense. It's really hard to say that Doc's not going to be good every single week, though, because he's going to have to have to score a shit ton of points because they're really bad defensively. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have ample opportunities. There, I don't think there's going to be a lot of games where they're, like, grinding out the fourth quarter with a 21-point lead, even though they're going to score a ton of points and the offense is a, a top-tier offense, their defense is just going to let everybody score, I think. so. Yeah, and he's going to be forced to score 30 every week to have a track chance to win. 
he's going to be in there humming around every game. I, I, I agree with you guys. He looked really good on Thursday, but I do think that there was some hesitancy to run the ball. There were some times where like he could have tucked it and gone, and he I, I think he clearly looked like he didn't really want to do that, um, which is fine, but I, I kind of noticed that. But everything else looked really good. I agree. You have to wonder, though, is it is it hesitancy because of the leg, or is it that he's maturing? I mean, the comp for Dak has been Russell Wilson in the sense where his athleticism early in his career was what kind of propelled him, and now he's just become a good quarterback, and he knows the weapons he has around him. And maybe there isn't a reason to run because he has Lamb and uh, Zeke out of the backfield and Cooper and Gallup when he's healthy. Yeah. Um, watching. Oh, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, on a personal note, I left week one of this, this season saying, man, I really I messed up taking Lamar Jackson over to Dak Prescott. I was, I was all in on Lamar at our draft, and I was like, man, I could have paid the same price and, and got Dak, and I would be ten times happier. It just it just feels like more of a sure thing. Lamar's gonna have to just feel like earn his big weeks and Dak I feel like it's just gonna be it's gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. I sense I was a meme that Jalen Hurts already has the same number of regular season three hundred yard games as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and watching Dak play Shane, he I think he you know, I made the Wilson comp, but Dak, to me, reminds me of one of your favorite quarterbacks of all time. I feel like I'm watching Donovan McNabb play. They have the same throwing yeah. motion. Yeah. Um, same kind of caliber of athlete. Yep. Um, there's definitely some holes in the game. Like, there's throws that he can't make. Every throw is a downward trajectory almost, but yeah. um, he's going to get it done. And McNabb is not a Hall of Famer. I'm going to say I was right about that. <laughs> who who wins Weevils versus Park? I will take the Park to go 2-0. Yeah, Weevils off to a good start here with the McLaren score early here. He's going to need it. Park have the better roster. But let me see here. You know what? Give me the Weevils. And upset. Ooh, man, you just got yourself BP duty all spring. <laughs> I really, I really want to pick the Weevils because I think, like, I think Pittsburgh can take away Waller. Um, I think there's some matchups over here on this side of things that can kind of get weird. I don't think, I don't think the Bears defense was great, but I think it's tough to run against them. I can see Dak not going off, but then they look over and like, I can't get excited about Jarvis and I can't get excited about Michael Pittman so uh, I just can't I can't quite do it so I'm, I'm going to go with the park but I, th- I could see the Weevils pulling out it's going to be a tight one I think it's going to be close I think it's going to be a close one alright next game Flock versus Curtin start off with the Flock uh, Zach Moss surprisingly active in week one Right now, Devin Singletary in the flex two spot for uh, the flock. Do you think Zach Moss uh, and his status on the Bills being kind of in flux, does that make Singletary a slam dunk start week to week? Knowing at least that you're not going to get awesome running back production, but you are going to get lead back production from the Bills running back. Yeah, I mean, it makes him a must-start flex, I feel like. I mean, obviously you're not thrilled about having to use him as your, your RB1, RB2, but 
I feel like it's a, a guaranteed seven or eight points <laughs> with the upside of of twenty. Um, he's going to get fifteen touches, which is all you're asking for. You can't ask for much more out of a flex spot. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think there's an opportunity to get excited about Singletary, and I don't think it has much to do with Moss. Um, I I complain about this with the Steelers all the time. I said Najee Harris was a terrible pick because if you stand in the shotgun and you hand it to a guy that's standing still, it just doesn't work in the NFL. That's what the Bills do with their running backs. In the fourth quarter, they decided to get under center and let Devin Singletary run downhill, and he started gashing the Steelers' defense, like 20-yard run, 20-yard run, 20-yard run. I, I hope for the Bills' sake, because I think they're a really fun football team to watch when they're humming, I hope for their sake they realize that like they they need to do that to be a really good team. They can be a good team with Josh Allen throwing it 55 times and Devin Singletary running for one yard here and one yard there. But like the, the great teams don't stand there in the shotgun and just can't put it in the guy's belly and watch him run over. It doesn't yeah. happen. Like that's what pisses me off about the Najee Harris thing. It's the same offense up there in Buffalo. They do the same thing, and they go, "Oh, they have no run game. They don't want to have a run game." Um, but when they wanted it in the fourth quarter, there they they got it. And Singletary showed he's pretty talented. I was gonna say the same thing. Like we've been watching, I've been watching this backfield because obviously I have Singletary in our in our other league together. So I've been been keeping a close eye on it. Doesn't it feel like to you, I don't know if you guys what you guys see, but I feel like Singletary's just a better player too. I feel like he's better than Moss. I was really excited about Singletary last year when I drafted him and Phil told me I drafted the, the handcuff. I was like, I don't think the talent is close on these two guys. No. But then they just don't use him in a, like he can catch the like he can do it all. He can catch the ball out in space, he can get down stuff. They just won't let him do it. I feel like he I'm not saying he's he's not a top five feature back in this league, but I feel like he, he could be a poor man's feature back where he's where he's easily he's getting twenty touches every game and he can handle it. I feel like if you get him twelve, thirteen carries and six, seven catches every week it should be feasible. Don't you feel like uh teams have to give the Bills soft boxes? I mean, you know, they've they passed so much last year and Diggs was so good and Beasley was good and Gabe Davis is a good player and Sanders, like you have to respect their mid to deep level passing game so Singletary should see some favorable fronts yeah absolutely <laughs> um, to answer my own question though I think Singletary should be a startable guy for just about every team in the league except for Jason's ironically right now on his bench he's got DJ Moore Marquise Brown, Naheem Hines and Kenny Galladay you know, I'm not necessarily excited about Galladay Hines I think is a great bye week guy in our league to fill in on running back weeks, and obviously he's a little bit of a handcuff for Taylor um, on on Jason's team. It's been well documented how I feel about Lamar as a passer, but I thought Hollywood looked really good on uh, Monday night, and I am a DJ Moore fan. I'm, I'm a DJ Moore truther, so I feel like there's just as good options on his bench that he doesn't need to risk necessarily playing Singletary until we really get a better feel for what Buffalo is going to run. But... Um, Maybe you can't go wrong with any of those options. Just looking at his roster, I mean, I haven't taken a close look at everyone's, but like, it's a good team. <laughs> it doesn't. It just looks like a, a roster full of like good players, like yeah. just everywhere. Like they're not. It doesn't. I don't feel like he doesn't have any star power, but like he just has solid 
solid players top to bottom. Yeah, I think it's definitely a team that we're going to see um, in playoff contention when it's time. The roster loaded with roster decisions. It is. That's the tough part. Yep. It is, but hey. <laughs> you think five weeks and then you feel you feel all right. Yeah. Yeah, I like what Jason did. All right, let's go over to the curtain. David Montgomery picking up where he left off last year. Had a great game uh, Sunday night in SoFi against the Rams. Do you guys think he remains a top 10 back the rest of the season for the curtain? Uh, top 10 is tough. Top There's a lot of good running backs, but he he's one of them. He certainly looked really good watching that game Monday night. He looked really good. Um, the offensive line looked really good, too. Um, I I said something to you, I think, during the game, caused about, mm-hmm. was it the Rams can't stop the run, or like is the Bears' offensive line this good? Um, you said it might be a little bit of both. Um, but he, he certainly looked great. The offensive line was creating holes, and he looked like a feature back. And top 10 is tough. But I'm going to give him... I'll say yes. I'll say yes. He finishes right in that 9-10 spot. Uh, the answer hinges on how long we keep the bearded red rifle in there. Uh, I think they got to get him out of there. Because <laughs> it was his bad. Yard, huh? It was bad. His five-yard hitch offense just isn't going to be able to open things up. Once Fields comes in and there's a threat for him to hold defensive ends, um, with his legs and do some different things, I think it's only going to help Montgomery. Um, and you got, you got to figure it's going to be week four, right? They're going to open it up against the Lions. <laughs> that, that, that's the popular take by everybody, but I'm not sure why it's not week two. Yeah, it should. So, yeah, it I, should I, be. I, this I week. Agree with you. Should have been week one. This should have been halftime of Sunday night's game. Yes. Yes. I Matt Matt Nagy must have the most nagging woman attached to him that like doesn't want him to be a head coach like this is too much you need to get fired I actually heard there's some people smarter people than me I always say when I when I see experts talking about this on on Twitter and stuff um some people are thinking that this isn't Nagy's call that this is all Ryan Pace that he made an agreement with Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton signed there and he's holding Nagy to the flames to to hold up that end of the bargain um because they did not anticipate having the opportunity to draft fields or a player field caliber when they signed Dalton in the offseason. I, I think that's ridiculous. I don't think that matters. Um, things change, and it's a business. And Dalton, I think, is a veteran that should understand that. But um, Nagy seems to be getting a little bit of a, a pass here, and I'm not sure why. You know who doesn't treat players like they're owed something? Bill Belichick. Bill, Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're the better player, you play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's Mac, what it should be. Mac Jones is starting. Cam Newton's not, uh, and I think the Patriots are better for it. Yeah, bad last full organization when that's like if that's happening. I just I felt I watched obviously that whole game because it was the Rams, and I felt so bad watching Fields on the sidelines. Like every time he came in the game, I think it was only three or four plays, but something good happened. Um, and he's just standing there holding his shoulder pads like on the sidelines, like watching this guy throw four yard hitches 
and watching Jalen Ramsey just blow dudes up play after play, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like it's just it's miserable. There's a flag. Daniel Jones is incredible. <laughs> Who wins curtain versus flock? Uh this is another another tight one, but I I have to love Herbert against Dallas. I think I'll take the flock in this one. Yeah, Herbert versus Dallas is, is a sight for for sore eyes if you're a curtain fan. Um can't like anyone going up against Dallas at the quarterback or any position for that matter. Um just looking at the matchups here. Man, don't want to disrespect the former two-time defending champ, but I think I'm going to go with the flock as well. Um, I didn't feel good about last week. I don't feel great about this week. Uh, but I think I think we're going to hang in this one. Um, a lot of this matchup is going to be determined by Antonio Gibson tonight. If he continues to stink the joint up like he is right now, we're going to be right in this thing. Um, having Mike Williams, who's hopefully the, t- the red zone touchdown maker, to cancel out Herbert will help. Um, I gotta—I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. And it's not going to get any better against Denver if he continues to be an idiot and not let James Robinson get more than five carries. I could be in trouble. Um, I think that Tony End fellow scores this week against Detroit, though, so I'd be okay. <laughs> I'm going to take myself, because why not? Um, I love it. Confidence. i got to figure out my flex, though. That's uh, I don't think it's Mecole Hardman, but I don't know. Yeah, there's no flexology in Mecole Hardman. That's not that's not a thing. Yeah, there's none in Sonny Michelle either, because he stands on the sideline. Yeah, Phil Lindsay, uh, too. You, like, you just don't know the way that backfield's going to break out. I was shocked to see that he had eight points last week. He just plunged one in. All three running backs scored on that team. How bad it's is all- that? It's just it's really weird down there. Mark Ingram had like twenty five touches <laughs> last week. Uh, it's more than he had all last season on the Ravens, I think. Yeah. Need Dalvin to get going too. That's gonna get fixed. All right, let's move over to the Manning Division matchups: Wolves versus Nevermore. Wolves coming off a tough loss to the Baggers. Nevermore taking me down, getting his first win. In the Soffel, let's start off with the Wolves. Who has more points in Week 2, Kyler Murray or the combo of Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler? Mm. Kyler's got a juicy matchup against Minnesota. Oh, my God. That's the stuff you dream about. What should be a shootout. As Phil would say, this is... The kind of Feast. game why you draft Kyler Murray. Um, <clears throat> wow, I gotta believe that Murray's going for another another thirty five to forty spot. But I mean, I feel like it would be too dumb to not take Eckler and Henry in this as a as a safe bet. Yeah, I've got to feel like both of them score. So you're looking at two RB. Arguably RB ones. I'll take Eckler and Henry. It's the backs. It's a pretty easy one. I'll be the last guy on the Kyler Murray bandwagon. I'm okay with that. Well, I think it's Murray because I think the running backs are gonna have to get to forty again. Um, I watched 
the Minnesota Cincinnati game is on a lot. They're bad. And, uh, you know, watching Kyler last week, he was the number one quarterback before he had the shoulder injury last year, uh, about three quarters of the way through the season. He should be the number one quarterback again as long as he stays healthy. Um, and in this league, quarterbacks put up more points. They just, because of the six-point passing touchdowns. Then you add in his rushing yards, his ability to run for touchdowns. He he is the Arizona offense, and I think that we're going to see a lot of thirty to forty point weeks from him as long as he stays healthy. All right, on the Nevermore side, I don't know if Tyrus was talking to my dad um, about how things usually run on that franchise, but he's bringing back the two tight end set right now. Um, And right now in his flex two spot, he has Jared Cook. And my question for you guys is, Jared Cook the best option in the flex two spot? Or is there somebody on his bench or on the waiver wire that might be a better option? Well, I'm looking on his bench right now. Yeah, the bench is a little sus, as the kids say. (laughs) The bench is not exactly... That looks like a teabag bench from years past. Um... It looks like a teabag flex spot from years past last year. Um, like I don't mind. It's Mike <laughs> and Tyson Williams. It's a teabag team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say Cook Cook did, did get some targets last week, so gotta like uh, gotta like where that was headed. Um, Herbert looks like an absolute stud, so he's he's gonna clearly be able to get everyone the ball. I, as of right now, what's on his team, I think Rondell Moore might be the only one I would even consider. Wow. Um, but I, I think uh, he might have, the right, might have it right. It would be like Aaron Rodgers, though, to throw a touchdown to Randall Cobb on Monday night, right? Just to like, oh, I, think, I told you we should bring this guy back. What do you think, Ed? I think based on what he has, I'm fine with it. I don't know what's on the wire. Um, not a lot going on there. I'm keeping an eye on KJ Osborne. Um, he had a pretty big target share, um, and I think Minnesota is going to have to throw the ball to stay in this one. And I just think Thielen and Jefferson being the one and two, or one A and one B, and Basically, Conklin, Osborne, everyone else being maybe the four and five. Like, there's no two or three in Minnesota. Um, I think Osborne's going to be open, and, you know, I want to just see how that shakes out. I think Minnesota's, for a long time now, been dying for a third wide receiver. They drafted Treadwell. Uh, There's been guys that they tried to, you know, Chad Beebe tried to be a thing for a little while. And Osborne, second-year player. I'm keeping an eye on him. I... I think he has it right right now. I think it's probably Cook is a I you know saw what Gronk did last week to the Dallas defense. You know the Dallas defense has notoriously had linebackers who can't cover tight ends. Maybe Cook's a good play. Um, so I get it for this week, but I I do think we should keep an eye on KJ Osborne. So you guys have winning the Sea Wolves versus Nevermore matchup. Right now, Seawolves about ten point favorites. Yeah, this is this is the Wolves, and uh, I don't think it's particularly close. 
agree. Yeah, I think it's the Wolves, too. Um, you know, Kelsey and Williams have a chance Sunday night, notoriously high-scoring games. Kelsey and Williams could pop off a little bit. Um, Indy secondary is beat up. Cup should have a good game again. But I think there's just too much on the Seawolf side of the ledger. I think Tyson Williams stinks. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, he's not. He's definitely not super exciting. Uh, he had one or two really good runs. Uh, and I think as the season goes on, we'll see Murray and Freeman and Bell eat into that workload a little bit. And obviously Lamar takes some of it as well. But, you know, for now, he's the guy. not great but he's flipping burgers next week <laughs> alright let's get to Shane's Super Bowl Desert Dogs versus Take Your Ball and Go Home uh, we will start off with the Desert Dogs side we talked a little bit about Andy Dalton and his four yard hitch offense do you guys feel like against Cincinnati this could be a bounce back week for Allen Robinson Uh, I mean, has to be for me. Got to figure. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna probably need it. Um, but I mean, he still got he got his 11 targets. Um, still, other than Montgomery, the really only true threat in that offense. Um, he's gonna see his his share of balls go his way. So, got to figure Robinson's gonna be good for for closer to the 15 this week than than the uh, effort he put up in week one. Um, I won't get excited about it, that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, he catches five or six balls for 60-ish yards, I guess. The quality of targets should be better this week, at least. There's no Jalen Ramsey running around. Um, and even there's some other guys in the Rams secondary that are, are good players. I, I really like Fuller and Darius Williams. So... I'm hoping, even if he gets 11 targets again, I'm just hoping the quality of targets better, and I, I'd be happy with a 6 or 70 uh, game and just hope maybe one of them is in the painted part of the field. So that's what we're looking for. Definitely think it's a better game. I'm hoping it's a, an Allen Robinson-type game, though, not just a better than his 6.5-point effort from last week. Uh, move over to the Baggers. Jamal Williams... Uh, Shane's number two keeper. Do you guys think he he can sustain production throughout the season with this uh, two-headed monster in the Detroit backfield, or will this end up being more of a swift show? Well, we're hopeful, that's for sure. Um, we need it need it badly from one of the running backs to, to step up every week. Um I think when Williams has played in his career, he's shown that he's a pretty good player um, in limited limited touches. Um, I don't know that he's a, a workhorse back, but I think his production stays pretty relevant um, as a flex player. I don't I don't know that he obviously put up like twenty one points in week one. That's not going to continue, but. I think he stays as a flex play for for most of this year. I'm not confident that DeAndre Swift can 
can carry a full workload for for a full seventeen games. So yeah, give me uh, give me Williams as a viable flex for for the foreseeable future. Fizz is the kind of guy that can go out and I think he's a little inflated last week. The weird news may be Ben Swift in another league. Like I didn't think he was going to have a workload at all. Um, so he, uh, Williams had, what, 17 touches? That feels a little high. That's high a big thing. number, yeah. I think that comes down. I mean, he's he could be a guy that gets you six to nine points pretty consistently. If that's excitation, then cool. I, I don't think it's going to be enough that he's the flex play that you you want him to be. I I don't know, Shane. I mean, you always talk about the differences between baseball, football, and basketball, and football and basketball being sports where you can get your best players the ball. Um, I mean, to me, watching the Lions last week, there's three good players on that team. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're DeAndre Swift, there's Jamal Williams, and there's TJ Hawkinson. Um, yep. And I think they're going to find a way to get those three guys the ball more often than not because you're not going to get it to other people on that team. So um, Williams has shown in the past on the Packers that he can catch the ball in the backfield. And so has Swift. Um, and, you know, Goff back when he had good running backs with the Rams when, when Gurley was back there. Um, and even Akers to an extent caught the ball. He He's not afraid to distribute it to the running back position. So... I think Williams has a, has a chance. I mean, if the touches are going to be there, then yeah, he's going to be productive with them. So you just got to keep an eye on it. And I I don't see a reason why he can't. You know, Eddie said six to nine. I would say he's probably more on the high end of that. I would say maybe eight to ten a week is what you're looking for. And from a flex two as an average, I think you're relatively pleased with that. At least until more things shake out as we get further further along in the season. All right, who wins uh, the Dogs versus the Go-Homers? Yeah, there's a... Uh, there's what'd no you, way. What'd you say? A hundred, there's no way he gets 100 yards a week. They had 14 extra possessions because they covered 17 onside kicks and got 14 fumbles. He shouldn't even have what he got. Williams? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, that offense is going to put up 250 yards a week. He's not going to have 100 yards of them. No, I just think he can catch four balls. They stink. 60, 60 to 70 yards a week is a good number for him. I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, but if he catches four balls and gets 60 to 70 yards, then he's eight eight points. Sure. <laughs> is that I said six to nine. Yeah, and I said eight to ten, so. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be the high end of that. Okay. Uh, anyway, the uh, some some juicy matchups in this one. Um, gotta feel like this is a uh, just like just about every other week a big McCaffrey week. Um, obviously, like Tom against Atlanta. Um, pretty even across the board here. I feel like I think uh, could be in for for a high scoring affair here. I'm gonna take the Desert Dogs in a nail biter. You would, you would. Uh, that's a tough one. Outside of McCaffrey, the running backs just don't get excited anywhere on these teams. 
That's where I look. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with the tea bag, and it's close, but I could go either way. I don't know if it's high scoring. I think that might not be true. I'll take the Desert Dogs just because I really don't want to get to 0-2. Shane can afford a loss because the team's probably better than mine. So, you know, usually it's him stealing one from me early in the year. Hopefully we can do it to him on a year when he's definitely the uh, superior team. So that's what we're hoping for, and I'm predicting it happens. Ice Cream versus Renegades. Last week was a battle of the trade buddies between Phil and Shane. This year's a battle of the trade buddies between Spears and Fegley. We'll start off with the ice cream. He's going to start Thielen and Jefferson. Which Minnesota wide receiver scores more this week? Thielen. Thielen. Man, you guys have more than a Thielen about that. That was a quick answer. One guy touchdowns, the other one doesn't really do that. Yeah, it's it's stealing again for me. Um, he stays hot here. Seems to do it early in the year, just about every year. And yeah, it's it's stealing gets in the end zone for sure this week. It is a this touchdown is- thing, isn't it? Like that that really is a thing that Thielen's <laughs> Thielen's Kirky's guy in the red zone and Jefferson's probably everywhere else, so um yeah, I'll go with you guys and I'll say Thielen too, but I think it's pretty close. Weren't we talking about how everyone was dog like Thielen wasn't getting talked about by anyone that just because they they couldn't repeat what what did, how many touchdowns did he have last year? Double digits. It was like fourteen, I want to say. Yeah, and then I was like, I guess people think you can't repeat that. Side note: Is something wrong with Gibson that I've looked up ten times in a row and it's McKissick on the field, or does anyone know? I think it's just two minute offense passing passing guy. Heard about how that was his job? Haven't seen it. Yeah, McCaffrey would be on the field right now, and that's what everyone everyone compared uh, Gibson to. Yeah. Renegades, this is, I think, an easy question. Can Brandon Ayuk be started? This is a, on, a quick no for me. On the Renegades, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not sure who else you're going to put in there, especially this week. Um, on just about every other team in the league? Probably not. Shanahan said some really damning things about him. Um, yeah. So so far, that's a feather in my cap. I said all off-season briefing cards, I didn't understand why people were so hot on Ayuk because Diva was really good when he was healthy and they just forgot about him and then he ripped off everything he did. <laughs> And I can't sneak anybody out of our league, and I wish I would have had Debo on my flex, but it is what it is. But yeah, I use uh, something weird going on there. Shanahan's crushing him. McKissick touchdown for the Washington football team. Um, I agree. I, you, I, I would put Ruggs in there over Ayuk. I know that that's not exciting at all. Um, but he also could move Evans or Anderson into the wide receiver and uh, consider, I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, another guy we need to watch. He's obviously not the starter in Philly, but uh, uh, he was a big part of the game plan. What'd you say? I burped. Oh, 
basically, so that's bad. But um, it it is so. No, Ruggs is bad. I mean, but you're picking a guy that didn't that that caught balls starting with like four minutes left in the game over a guy that didn't catch any. So yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Uh, yeah, I I don't know the answer. Gainwell is intriguing though, and I think that's a good guy that's sitting there on the bench because you know Sanders is only playing nine or ten games. So yeah, I liked the Gainwell ad by Fedley. Um, all right, who wins, Ice Cream versus Renegades? I think this will be a clean sweep in favor of Ice Cream. Yeah, um, uh, give me the Ice Cream, and it's not a complete blowout, but it's a, it's a comfortable win. All right, game of the week. Fleetwood franchise against Mixed Mad Dogs. Both teams projected to go over 110. Uh, brotherly matchup. Just a, a big one. Two of the higher-rated quarterbacks in the league. Mahomes against Allen. Um, a lot to like about this matchup. Let's start off with the Mad Dogs. Are we concerned about Calvin Ridley's outlook and the rest of the Falcons? They looked like a bottom three team last week against the Eagles. Um, no, I watched a lot of that game, and he is just about the only good player they have. They're going to get him the ball more. Um, I'm not concerned about him early in this season, possibly late, um, just when they've given up. But I'm not concerned about him yet. He's going to get force-fed the ball here the more they realize that how terrible they are. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with Ridley, especially this week against a pretty – Pretty soft Tampa Bay secondary that's really banged up. I'm not concerned about Calvin Ridley at all. I think Atlanta stinks, but I'm good with him. It's just I I just have concerns about that offense in general. They were they were really bad, but I'm sure he will be fine. Um, I think this might be a Pitts week. I think they try to get Pitts going this week. Um, but it's going to be Pitts and Ridley all season. Um, hoping maybe there's a couple weeks where Russell Gage gets sprinkled in. Hopefully it's the weeks when I need to play him. But um, otherwise, it's a two-man show there. Uh, for the franchise, if you were Ty, would you start Javante Williams in your flex two spot? Or flex one, I guess. Uh, Jamar Chase being the other flex. Or would you look at maybe a Marvin Jones or a Devontae Parker? No, I would definitely start Javante Williams. Um, watched that game pretty closely last week and um, think that that might be a takeover a little sooner than I was hoping for. Um, they seem to have a lot of confidence in him right away. Jacksonville stinks. We already alluded to have the fact that three running backs scored for Houston and Denver is a better team than Houston. Um, I would expect Williams to, to put up some nice flex numbers this week. 14 carries in week one for a rookie. We'll lock him in. Yeah, it's a good point. I thought it was probably a, a more of a question than you guys made it seem, and you're probably right. Um, I don't think there's a reason to necessarily be excited about Marvin Jones or Devontae Parker more so than Williams. So, yeah, that... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. He's got a three-headed running back monster with Carson, Henderson, Williams, if they can all 
uh, take over or hold on to their jobs, then this becomes a good team with Chase Diggs, Brown, and Josh Allen. So uh, I like what the franchise has done. I think this is a tight one. Who do you guys have winning it? Give me the Mad Dogs with Patty Mahomes on Mon- on uh, Sunday Night Football and Devontae Adams on Monday Night Football. No, you know, prime time narrative. You, you know it. Man, he's gonna need a big lead going into those prime time games with Mahomes, Hilaire, and Adams. Yep. I'll take the franchise. I, I like their side better, and I think uh, Mooney's the worst player in the matchup, so I think the rest kind of evens out. Um, oh, man, this is a good one. That's why it's the game of the week, Ed. I'm not sure that, not sure that Mooney and... Johnny or Rodley, and I really like Higby's prospects going forward. Um, I'm going to go with the Mad Dogs. I think it's really close, but I think it. I think Johnny leaves some some to be desired. All right. Well, that's that's the uh, the week two matchups. We got about two minutes left. Shane, you want to give Ed a thank you uh, that you texted me today for believing in T-Bag? I do. I finally got around to listening to the week one preview last week and uh, noticed you guys both both were on the T-Bag side of the ledger. Um, appreciate the vote of confidence. Noticed the, the hard work we put in this offseason. So, good to have you guys behind me. Nice. Uh, we hit our first two. Oh, yeah, two anyone, for one. Anyone tailed the two dogs, they hit. I didn't look at all. I'm going to run out of time before I find anything because there's nothing good. There's, like, no dogs to, like, this week. Uh, it's bad. Here you go. Here's one. Tennessee, Tennessee gets it done against Seattle. Three-and-a-half-point dog. Oh, all right. They need a bounce-back game. Good veteran team there will get it done. And who's favored in the Chicago Cincy game? Chicago. Chicago is. Oh, there you go. Four and a half. I don't love it, but give me Dallas to get it done against the Chargers. Yo. All right. There you have it. Shoot out. Uh, under fifty on that, and that might hit in the first half. Thank you to Micah for giving me the motivation to do some weekly recaps. He asked if I was going to be putting anything out there this year. I said, I don't really have time, man. Like, it, it's a lot. And he said, well, we started to talk. And he said, well, what if we split it and go every other week? So week two recap will be for Micah. But it was fun to write. I had a good time doing it. So I'm hoping that we can pump those out um, with Micah's help. I like it. Get a fresh that, perspective. That missed that? I emailed it out last night. Uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Uh, I've gotten good feedback so far. Um, all right, we got 20 seconds left, so thank you guys for joining me tonight. This was fun. I appreciate it. And uh, Shane and I will be golfing Sunday morning. 
Um, looking forward to the prequel to the to big matchup on Sunday. So that was the last time we talked the rest of the day. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and good luck in week two.